the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, today is the day I get to go point out my fellow church members' sin to her, said no one ever. (laughs) My response to this commandment from Jesus is an immediate, ugh, Aren't we called to forgiveness more than confrontation? Couldn't I maybe just fast for a week or more and pray for her instead? And then, of course, it escalates. If you're not heard, take along one or two other members of the church. And if they're not heard, tell it to the church. And if the church isn't heard, then you've got to excommunicate that church member. This blows my mind. First of all, that is a process that could go seriously off the rails. My sister, Virginia, once told me about a woman who was in a Bible study with her. They disagreed about something, though I don't remember what. What I do remember is that my sister and this woman decided to go out to lunch, which seemed like a promising step in the right direction. Until, that is, the woman offered to say grace and led off with, Lord, let Virginia see how wrong she is. I don't believe that clobbering one another in the name of grace is what Jesus has in mind. But my goodness, this is challenging. This directive of Jesus's comes in the midst of his teaching the disciples about the kingdom of heaven. And part of what Jesus is telling them, them and us, is that the kingdom of heaven isn't a place, but a way of being. It is a kind of life made possible by God in Christ that has to do with living in relationship with one another. It is a constant awareness of how precious that relationship is to God and to our souls and our bodies and salvation, of how much this all matters. I keep thinking of a graphic I saw a while back of the underground mycelial network that not only links trees in a forest, but apparently allows them to communicate. Some clever soul named it the wood wide web, this glowing net of fragile threads that binds the woods together. God has planted us in a glowing fragile net as well. And in Christ shows us what is necessary for it to thrive, sin, Our sin, our neighbor's sin, any sin, tears a hole in that webby net on which our true life depends. Sin is a breach in the kingdom of God. In the Greek, when Jesus speaks to the disciples, he doesn't say member of the church, as we heard this morning. He says brother, 
which is much closer to the bone. He goes on to say, if your brother refuses to listen to you, but he might as well say, when? At some point, your brother or your sister will sin against you and will refuse to listen, and you will do the same to them. I am one of three siblings and the mother of two. I know whereof I speak. This is when, not if. Jesus uses this language of family relationship to underscore not only the intimacy of the disagreement, this is someone really close and it really matters, but also the context. Siblings aren't siblings in isolation, but in family. By the same token, Christians are not Christians in isolation, but in Christ-centered community. We cannot be baptized and belong only to ourselves or only to those we hold most dear. We belong to each other, to the entire body of Christ. I think of the beloveds in our midst who always show up to usher or put on a reception at the funeral of someone they might not even have known. They do that because it is a kind of tending that Christians do. They are participating in and strengthening the net that holds and sustains us. We are responsible for and to one another. And sin isn't just unpleasantness or disagreement, but a tear in that fabric. Sin is that breach in the life-giving web of relationship between us and God and us and all others. And when someone sins against us, they are at risk of falling through the hole. What is at stake when our sibling in Christ sins against us isn't our wounded feelings, but their life. Jesus knows we are sinners. That is, in fact, the whole point of Jesus. And he is also entirely serious about our confronting sin and finding our way to reconciliation. So in the name of Jesus, how can we not respond when our sibling sins against us? This is part of what it means to be bound together in the body of Christ. If we would follow Jesus, then we too have to go find that lost sheep, get them out of the crevasse that they've gotten themselves into, and bring them safely back into the fold. The stakes are high. If we would not abandon our brother or sister to death, then neither may we abandon them to their sin. I once heard an Englishman who grew up in a small village preach on this same passage. He said, you Americans talk about community all the time. You think you want community, but let me tell you about community. Community is a 12-year-old boy having a bit of a lion on a Saturday morning, only to be woken by the sound of two neighbor women walking underneath his bedroom window, loudly discussing his faults. I am sure there was a lot going on there, but at least some of that strategic conversation had to do with their genuine care for that boy. He did, in fact, grow up to be a faithful, loving member of the church, and I expect those women and others like them had a hand in that. So how do we do this? The loud conversation under the window is always an option, I suppose. But I think of the desert father, Abba Moses, who was called to come join in judging a brother who'd committed some fault. He came carrying a leaky jug filled with water dribbling out behind him. And when asked why, answered, my sins run out behind me and I do not see them. 
and today I am coming to judge the errors of another. That is to say that this work, like all kingdom work, calls for utter humility. Jesus has just finished telling the disciples that unless they change and become like children, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Children have no status or control and are utterly dependent on others. That is the kind of humility to which we are called. Jesus is not issuing an invitation to us to clobber one another with our own self-righteousness, but to the loving and painstaking process of continually coming alongside our neighbor that is required for us to live together in the kingdom of God. Of necessity, that will require confronting sin together. This is part of what it means to be Christ's reconciled, reconciling community. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, the psalmist says to God. We are called to the work of leading one another back to the Lord who loves us and has already forgiven us. I am anticipating a long line of brothers and sisters with a thing to say to me outside my door tomorrow, so I will try to remember this truth. Jesus loves us. Jesus is with us. And Jesus wants us to live together in his own life-giving peace. We have been given so much. God has given us God's own self and one another. Together, we can do this thing. Together, with God's help, we can learn to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us and offering and sacrifice to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you.